When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can and even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. There are always major stories that break over the weekend, and we feel you should know about the ones we are talking about today. So stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring Atlanta-based media personality and podcast host, Tara Thomas. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Tara Thomas, welcome back to the show. How you been? Not too bad. Hanging in there. All right. Well, that's what I like to hear. So let's not keep the people waiting. We got a lot to talk about. Obviously, Congress passed the 45-day bill to avoid the government shutdown. So that's big news, but we're going to I feel have to circle back around to that in another 45 days. That's what I thought we'd be talking about today. But since that's taken care of, next up is Tupac. And I know you've heard about this. Let me paint the picture for you. So the suspect named Dwayne Keefe D. Davis was charged with the 1996 murder of Tupac Shakur. So I'm going to read a little bit uh, from The Independent. So Dwayne Keefe D. Davis, age 60, was indicted on charges of murder and the use of a deadly weapon in the fatal drive-by shooting, which has gone unsolved for almost 30 years, according to authorities. So I remember a few months ago, maybe it was about two months ago, the headlines about his home in Vegas being raided. Uh, where police were seizing evidence and so forth. So turns out the grand jury in Vegas indicted him on these charges. And apparently all the talking that he's did over the years and in interviews and so forth is what led to his arrest. Uh, and it's long been suspected that his nephew, Orlando Anderson, was a shooter. Um, but since he was killed in 1998 uh, in an unrelated gang shooting, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. He's never been able to be arrested and held accountable. But over the years, again, Keefe D has been talking in all of these various interviews. And he's always said that the shots came from the back seat, but didn't say who the shooter was. And now, finally, the police have put together enough of a case to charge him. So uh, what, what were your thoughts when you first heard about this? 
Well, a little too late. I mean, basically, he's the last one left alive in this situation. So that's yeah. kind of really why they're going after him. Plus, he wrote a book called Compton Street Legend mm -hmm. uh, that came out, I think, a couple of years ago and uh, pretty much telling everything that he told Vlad TV. And I think what's happening is, again, people are trying to close this case. Uh, this man has been on tour with this book tour, doing interviews and everything. And I just think it kind of it finally came home to roost. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they obviously they found evidence in his house. And, and to me, that's kind of stupid. I mean, if you knew that you were even if you didn't pull the trigger, but you kind of were in the car when it happened or you knew the person that, that did pull the trigger and then you have evidence in your house, even if it's 30 years later, kind of dumb he's 60 years old now and so if convicted i don't imagine that it's likely that he's ever going to see the outside again so you know oh. um, anything in the case of tupac shakur feels like at least some form of closure and you know at least i mean even if he's not convicted it's it, it shows i think the influence and the impact of yeah of, Tupac on on the culture and so um at least something's happening at least uh, something but it's also opening up a can of worms for sure. other people who are still here so we'll have to see how this goes because I kind of think this is the beginning of a lot of stuff sure sure absolutely all right well uh another story that uh came straight out of the 1950s and 60s <laughs> it looked like initially when it came across the news desk <laughs> was there was a a, a party in yes. Uh, somewhere in New York. And a neighbor, a white neighbor, took out a high pressure garden hose mm -hmm. and started spraying the party goaters. So um, I got a little bit from the uh, New York Post. I'll read it. So it says uh, Marcus Rosebrock, age 48, is accused in a lawsuit filed in Brooklyn Supreme Court of water hosing uh, his neighbor his neighbor's guest, sorry, with a high pressure hose that was extremely powerful and stinging in nature. Uh, the neighbor's name is Yves Durosau. I believe that's how I say it. Um, and a few others climbed into a treehouse to see Rosebrook from over the fence and asked him to stop. Uh, and then they took video of the uh, event as well. So um, video shows the guests scattering to try to avoid the water that was coming over the fence into the backyard uh, of the Forest Hills home. That was Forest Hills in New York. Um, but Dr. Eves Dorso has claimed that Rosebrook didn't even ask him to turn down, turn down the music before mm -hmm. opening up the garden hose on him and his guests. And, um, I guess there was 19 guests total, uh, yeah. and they were all black and Latino except for one white guests. So, uh, he says that, uh, this is a quote from him. If someone asked me to turn the music down because their kids couldn't sleep, then that would automatically happen. Um, he said this at a news conference just before the weekend. Um, he said uh, there were absolutely no words prior to him hosing us. So that's kind of that side of the story. Now, if we look at the uh, the neighbor's side of the story, uh, that's, again, Marcus Rosebrock. He says um, that he's, he's really more upset about the backlash to it. Uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, I'll read a bit from him. He says, we had to let them know what's going on because there's a lot of black families in the area, but it's not like that. Okay, this is, again, him trying to respond to the backlash. He goes on to say, we had to inform the school, too. Um, I'm a class parent and I volunteered at the school uh, and he's a stay at home dad. So, you know, that's kind of his job, I suppose. Um, and he says, but we had to tell him because rumors spread. He goes on to say, this has already destroyed us. 
Uh, they are trying to take away everything I own. My kids could end up on the street. I could end up losing this house. They believe we are loaded, but we are not. I have worked. I have not worked. Sorry for the last 10 years. I have been a been at home taking care of the kids. So again, sounds a little bit like white tears to me. Um, but I, you know, obviously you're here to give us your thoughts. So how did this hit you? Uh, another stupid thing. Um, my thing is when you do something to somebody that is not right, mm-hmm. and then you play the victim. Yeah. When you know it's 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 time. I, I just don't understand why if you are an adult. And this is your neighbor. Why you just can't communicate? Evidently, the party was like at 4 p.m. So it was a day party. It wasn't like it was 4 a.m. So I just don't understand why they just didn't say, hey, you know, could you guys keep it down? I mean, we are it's 19 people. So, you know, you have to understand that you're going to be loud to some to some level, you know, Um, during the day. It's a normal day. It's not at nighttime. So I just don't understand why you just couldn't communicate. I mean, that's what humans do. You communicate with each other. Why, you know, aiming this hose is the first thing that you want to do. And then it says in the article that there's a lady who tried to, you know, talk to the guy and he just drenched her in the face. Yeah. You, You know, and so now that you're having death threats and that you may have to lose your home, I don't care. I'm sorry. You know, you could have dealt with that in many different ways. And I do think that if the tables were turned, somebody would be locked up. Exactly. That's just my opinion. Exactly. And that's I think that's key because um, when people try to play the victim across like racial lines, like, you know, this this is a story as old as our history in this country. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But once you turn the tables, you know, this is a popular conversation that people have when they compare uh, President Obama with uh, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. You know, if Obama did that, it'd be a very different story. Oh, if Obama did that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, that conversation seems to fall on deaf ears. It's like almost like some of these folks can be so imaginative up to the point when they have to imagine themselves Mm -hmm. in the role of um, the oppressed, right. Right. Or, or the, the historically oppressed or, you know, the historically disenfranchised or the, the people without the power. Cause once they lose that power and that reality sets in, I think that they don't like to admit it. They mm-hmm. don't like to, because then it admits that at present they, they live, uh, with a certain privilege and that's a, right. hard for a lot of people to admit. And so again, once you turn the, uh, the story on its head, um, and you reverse the roles, then obviously your privilege is glaring. I couldn't do that mm-hmm. to you, nor would mm-hmm. I, right? No. I wouldn't spray your house like that. In fact, I might not even say anything to you, white neighbor, right? You know, even if it did bother me. But if I did, I would knock on the door and that would be the most that I would perhaps do in that situation. I just uh, don't understand you, how he took it from one to 100. That yeah, way. from zero to 100. Yeah, because <laughs> again, he said he didn't even knock on the door to ask if, if right. we were being loud. All of a sudden, water just starts coming out of a tree house yeah. on me and my neighbors. And we <laughs> see who's doing it. So we film it. And now yeah. he's getting sued and losing his house and he's crying and he can't stay at home with his kids anymore, I guess. Right. And right. stay on the street, you know. And, and so I'm with you. I'm like, hey, man, listen. You know, if if this is how you feel people should be treated, then, you know, you enjoy those consequences. This is kind of caring energy right here. And so and then obviously the historical context makes it particularly um, upsetting. Yeah, uh, because 
you know, obviously, uh, as I mentioned, you know, a story like this sounds like it comes out of the fifties and sixties with right. you know, fire hoses and black people, you know? And so. And, uh, and how, how is this not a racist? Uh, you know, they always say that something is racist. Um, how was this not like the beginning of the article? You, you know what I'm saying? Because right. again, if the tables were turned, you know, it might be considered a different uh, take. Right, right. And 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 to be fair, I, I see your point, because by the time this made it made its way to me. I it was almost like the article from The New York Post was framed around the aggressor in the story, the person with right. the water hose, like, oh, look what's happening to this person. He's facing all this backlash. Um, when the fact of the matter is that uh, this is assault. Yes. You know, and so, again, framing the story the right way, you start mm-hmm. to see, you know, kind of where the power dynamic is in, in the equation. And I'm, I'm just happy that, you know, all these folks are going to have their day in court. Yep. Um, and it seems like he's got 19 witnesses. And, and, <laughs> so, and like you said, the majority of them are black. or black and brown so again how is this not on a bigger scale that this was something that was a racist attack sure sure the fact is is, though they had one white uh gentleman at the party yeah and in the photos that i saw he's kind of like up in the front so i'd imagine if they submit that as as evidence at all that you know um it it might show that hey there we're not racist against white folks there was a white person who got hosed at our party but um, I, I didn't I don't believe that the neighbor knew that. And so the neighbor felt like they could take it there. If and again, if we were a white family having a birthday party for our yes. sister in the backyard, I don't imagine my neighbor would next do that. door would climb in a tree and hose us down. No. He only did that because he saw black faces over here. And so yes. again, it just reeks of racist racist it's it it is racist behavior that's that's exactly what it is i just and don't then, imagine doing that to other white family and the last thing is i'm the way that the article um is read it kind of makes it seem like this doctor is has more money than this guy you know this guy is saying i haven't worked in 10 years we don't yeah. have it like that you know and it, it it so that may be another thing too jealousy mm-hmm. maybe yeah yeah i i wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all but if you ha- if you don't have a job you know, where you're making income, you know, then it just it just feels like, again, it just the whole thing reeks of privilege. You don't yes. do something like this unless you're sure you're going to be you're in the right and you're going to get away yes. with it. I don't imagine he would have done this knowing this would have been the outcome. So mm-hmm. he knew full well that he was in the right. This was the right way to deal with the situation. And he did it. And again, that whole entire thought process just reeks of privilege to me. Exactly. So I'm, I'm glad that he's having a moment to a sober moment to come to terms with because, uh, you know, it's important for all of us when one person stands up against this type of behavior, yeah. you know, it, it takes yeah. a long time to change the minds and the hearts and the attitudes of the people who do benefit from the privilege in this country to understand yeah. what our plight must be like. Right. You know, the truth is this is, this is the way that, citizens treat second-class citizens and so this shows other would-be karens and i think the word for males is kevin's oh but this shows other folks a little bit more this is another another couple of pages in the story of messed up stuff white people did to black people right my hope is that you know along with the headlines even though it's painting the aggressor as the victim you know anybody that reads past that um 
can see, okay, they, there's a, these people were denied their dignity. They weren't given an mm-hmm. opportunity to remedy the situation. And they went straight, yeah. like you said, zero to a hundred. Yeah. Um, and they didn't even get a chance to apologize and remedy the situation. It's just unfortunate, but I, I think there's a lesson there. So. It is a lesson. And if I was their attorney, I would say hate crime. Like, I mean, I would I would have because, again, we have to use this as an example, because if we don't, then this may be something that happens now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings, that frustrating thing your mom does, or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Atlanta-based media personality and podcast host Tara Thomas is here with us discussing the weekend's major stories. All right. So now we got to get to the one that everybody's talking about. Ebony K. Williams is in the news again. (laughs) I mean, she's always in the news, but she's in the headlines again. Let's say it that way. Um, Urging black women to pursue college and marriage simultaneously. Um, So I'm just going to read what these articles are saying (laughs) 
<laughs> and we'll get your thoughts here. Okay. Um, so the Grio, uh, this this started with the Grio. Uh, so the Grio wrote um, uh, uh, alongside a, a TikTok video, I believe, a viral TikTok that sparked a lot of conversation about how white women go to college to secure that quote ring by spring. Mm -hmm. um, but that's not something that's usually on black women's agenda when they're attending college. And so uh, Williams made a case for why she didn't think that was a bad idea. Um, she says the reality that needs to be said out loud is that black as black men age, their desirability increases. Thus their optionality of women is always expanding. Um, and then she says the exact opposite is true for black women. And I, I understand that people took issue with that statement um, in online spaces. I'll, I'll continue. Um, she goes on to say, as we age, I believe this is her talking about herself and black women. Um, she goes on to say, it doesn't matter how much money we accumulate, our degrees or professional accolades. The reality is that our marriage and partnership market value is depreciating with every passing year. Um, so the floor is yours. How mm -hmm. did this hit you? Well, at first I kind of was a little concerned, uh, but then once I actually read into what she was saying, like she said, um, fertility is another reason that she thinks younger black women need to seek marriage or partnership in college uh, shortly afterwards or, you know, in college. Um, because the number of college educated black men are so low when compared to black college educated women. So I kind of felt her um, because, again, if you look at it in the perspective of a woman. OK, so say you're going to let's just say you're going to Princeton and uh, whereas you may have Karen who's in Princeton, Karen ends up finding her Kevin while she's in Princeton. And that was one of the main reasons why she went to Princeton to obviously get a degree, but then obviously to, to find a, a man who's, you know, on the same level as her. And I think sometimes with black women, what we do, uh, or we're put into rooms and situations where we are not around educated black men as well. Now, not saying that they're not in those spaces, but a lot of times, I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if it's, What's the right word? If there are things at play to try to keep black women and black men away from each other. Mm. But in some spaces, black women, in my opinion, are allowed to get high or higher up in, in, in their success. But then black men aren't. And so a lot of times, if you're that black woman and you're in spaces where you're the only black person there, then it's hard for you to find a black man because there's no black men in that space. Because like I say, sometimes that's intentional. You know, sometimes they don't want black women and black women to be in, in these spaces together. Um, so it is harder to find an educated black man uh, now. I don't know, has it always been this way? But you, you look at the numbers, especially here in Atlanta, there are so many black women in Atlanta that make over six figures or at least six figures. And there's not a lot of black men that do. So I get exactly what she's saying, that while you're in these spaces where you are around other men that are black and you're in school, then, yeah, you might want to go ahead and put your hat on your your I'm searching for a man, a husband hat, too. So instead of just waiting like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and get my degree and do this. Um, and then by the time you get out of college and you're back in the real world and then there's not men in the same circle as you or in the sure. same success that you have 
um, that are available, if that makes sense. So I, so I see her point. I, I, and I also see why people can be upset, Mm -hmm. but I just think as black people, we, we get upset at a lot of things, especially when people are trying to kind of, uh, teach us things. So that, that's my take. You know, my parents have been married for 56 years and, um, I think that's great. And I used to, I I grew up thinking that marriage was something that I was going to do. And I think it was something that everybody was going to do, but now Mm -hmm. that I'm older and I'm unmarried as well, um, I don't think that everybody needs to do it. But the interesting thing is, it's interesting how people can commit to having kids, mm-hmm. but won't commit to marriage. Now, that's strange to me. Now, this yeah. just just my opinion, not everybody else's, but just my opinion, how people, how men especially are afraid to commit to marriage, but they'll commit to having kids with somebody. And to me, that's, I mean, it's having kids is not a marriage. We know that. But having kids is a lifelong thing. Mm-hmm. And being married may not even be lifelong. So to me, I just think that as um, society, we need to we need to we need to talk about this because, again, it's just interesting to me how people are afraid to be married, but they're not afraid to have kids with somebody. So yeah, to me, yeah. that's that's almost like a situation that's that's last as long as a marriage. So. Yeah. We need to talk about that. But again, I, I don't think everybody needs to be married. I think, honestly, my take would be, as a black woman, go to school, get your school in. And then if you do meet somebody yeah. along the way, that's great. Then but great, if you yeah. don't, then don't you don't. Don't yourself. Right. Right. Just get your degree and, and get your money and own your businesses. And then you might be put into situations where you can meet the type of person that you want because the rooms that you'll be in. But that's right. just me. So yeah, I'm not no, mad at Ebony at all. I, I, yeah, mad. I think you're absolutely right. I think that this this obsession with being married, it causes people. It's like kind of like uh like the obsession with like social media or yeah. maybe some other things in our society where it makes people feel very bad about themselves if they haven't done these things and that's not the reality. It's not a reflection of necessarily these individuals and that's how it's internalized based on what I'm seeing in the headlines, you know, um, time and again with black women in particular, it's internalized. It's like, we need to create more value or we need to do something different. Or we like just on the other side of this next hill, there's all the eligible bachelors. And my experience has been like, no, that's not really how, I mean, there's definitely some men who are very, you know, they're like the Disney you know, prince and they're waiting to, you know, <laughs> pick someone up. But I right. I don't think I've ever met anyone like that in the real world who's like, yeah, man, I just can't wait to get married. Yeah. And, you know, like it's just not a real thing in my story. And I hope that it's true for anybody who wants that. I really do, because that obviously sounds like the fairy tale. And that's what everyone wants. But, you know, like you were saying, these people are kind of given a dose of reality. My personal vantage point has suggested to me that you know, I've, I've never met a man who's like, yo, I just can't, I can't wait to find the one and settle down. That's not. Never, yeah. You know. and, and do men, do, since you're a man, do, do men ask other men like, hey, when are you going to get married? Because women no. ask other women that and family no. members ask other women that. No, it's not See? even a consideration. I've never personally, I can only talk about me. I've never heard in my 41 years of living, I've never heard someone asking a man, ask another man. So when are you going to get, I mean, if people are talking about Two people who have been together for a long time that might come up. Hey, when are you going to pop the question? Right. I've just heard randomly. about that sort of thing, but I've never heard like people in close friend groups saying, "Man, you know, it's about time." You know, the clock is ticking, or whatever other people say. And that's us every day. Like yeah, that's different not a, groups that's of women no, go to church, 
church women are going to ask you. You go to the grocery store and somebody's known you for a while. Yeah. When are you going to get married? So it's us all the time, but it's never y'all. So that's interesting as yeah, well. Not at all. And then a final note about like kids. I, I want to make sure that, that this is stated because this comes up in a lot of the headlines and a lot of the data that we, we deal with because, you know, black women being unmarried is a metric in society that is used against black families in order to suggest that somehow black men are absent from the home, which isn't true. That's a fallacy. Um, it's a popular media narrative that to suggest that black men aren't good fathers. But a, a quick Google search will put that to bed because um, and just briefly, the CDC came out with a study and I believe it was 2013, 2014, somewhere in there that showed that not only were black men doing excellent, an excellent job as fathers, but we're doing better than every other race, racial group. Um, and the unmarried factor that can, has its roots. You can trace the roots back to, believe it or not, the Democratic Party. And I believe it was like the 50s or something, 50s, 40s, maybe. Um, and they were trying to make sense of the wealth gap back then. And uh, they noticed that a lot of black families um, were unmarried and that the father didn't live in the home, quote unquote. And that was a remnant from the uh, I believe it was the 30s during the Great Depression where black families didn't qualify for the or didn't get the type of assistance white families did. But single black mothers mm -hmm. would get enough assistance to take care of the family. So they had Actually. to kind of create this family dynamic um, yep. where, you know, the black man ne didn't necessarily live in the home. And so that study that came maybe a decade later um that look backwards kind of established that as a narrative. And that's just kind of imperative over the decades. Mm -hmm. um, and, and obviously marriage rates dropped after, I believe it was the seventies um, even further. But I think that that's more a reflection of the, a modern world and that marriage rates dropped across the board. It wasn't just black folks, but obviously with black people being historically less married, it, it the numbers got a lot lower for black women. And then it looked like black men weren't involved with their kids, blah, blah, blah. You get the rest of the story. Yeah. You know? And then, you yeah. know, black men uh, like myself, I'm involved with my children. I have 50, 50 custody. I take my son to school every day, help him with his homework, you know, everything like that. Right. But um, on paper, in theory, she would be the custodial parent and she would be the unwed mother. Right. And so it right. would look it would support the data that in turn supports a narrative that's that's not mm -hmm. entirely true. When the fact is, in my particular situation, this house uh, that I live in is his custodial home and that house that she lives in is um, that's not the address on file with the school. That's just my personal uh, predicament, but uh, children in contrast to marriage, it's, it's a little bit different uh, story there because a children pop up a lot of times as a surprise, you know, marriage doesn't, that's something that you willingly walk into. I believe if right. men were given the same choice to have children as to get married. In other words, the same type of choice. I can choose today to create a child with this person and I right. understand the implications of it. We would see a lot less children being born across the board um, just because a lot of times, even for women, it's just a surprise. And OK, this is what my life is turning now. into now. So I must yeah. adapt. The other part of that is that while children are a lifelong commitment, I think the logic that goes into, okay, this, I'm this child's father. I'm this child's mother. I need to make sure that I'm doing right by this child. That sits probably a little bit more comfortably than this is a woman that I used to love, or this is a man that I used to love that I'm still obligated to, that I need to give, uh, you know, half of my success to or half of, you know, whatever you're subjected in, at least in the confines of that type of relationship to 
keeping this person happy. And if they put together a string of events that may or may not be based in a shared reality and decide that they want to divorce you, now you have to, you've leveraged half of what it is you've worked for as an ambitious person. And that, that, uh, framework is a little different from a child. A child is like, okay, this is what I have to pay. I got to pay it every month. These are the times I get my son or daughter, and this is what it is. And we ride this wave until the child is past this point, and then we're done. You know, And so um, I think the lingering effects is very, uh, people find it, and the men in my story that have gone through this sort of thing have found it to be like kind of a little bit more hurtful than just kind of losing access to your child. It's like almost insulting Oh, yeah. In, in addition to the injury. So that's the part I wanted to say about children. I know we've talked a lot about this, but you and I talked just before we had, you know, the mics on and we knew that this was going to be a long show. So I enjoy uh, talking with you every time. Um, and obviously, these things are very important. I hope I didn't say anything that make people mad at me. No. <laughs> um, I can only tell you what I've lived through. Never would give advice to anyone. Good luck and Godspeed on whatever it is that you feel is right for you. Um, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll leave it right there. So once again, I'd like to thank you very much for your insight. Uh, today's guest one more time is Atlanta based media personality and podcast host, Tara Thomas. This has been a production of the black information network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share. Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.